Hi listeners, today on DivaTech, Emerald, a data scientist with specialty in machine learning and AI educates us on what machine learning is all about and how it is applied in our daily lives. Brilliant discoveries in this episode. My name is Efia Tiwa and I'm your host. Have a listen. Hi, Efia. Um, my name is Emerald Maklandi, and I'm a data scientist um, from Nigeria. Okay, um, so I got into data science in 2017. Um, I think that was basically due to my statistics background. So I think when it comes to tech, I didn't just start, I was I started 2017, I kind of started earlier than that, just trying things out. So it was more like, you know, growing up, we I was lucky that we had a computer, so I was doing a lot of playing around with things like that. But I think when it was like 2014, 2015, I really wanted to get into tech. So I looked for, um, I think I was looking for internship positions at that time. And someone was able to get me to join a startup then. I think startups were relatively new in Nigeria then. They were not like as hyped as it was now. So I did go there and I knew I wanted to do. So I've had this interest in robotics since I was a child. So I was just looking for that thing that I was looking for that part. But when I went, and they started with, with me with HTML, CSS, and PHP. But I did do that for a long time. I think along the line, I had to go back to school. So I did that for a while. And when I went back to school, I had my background in statistics. So when I went back to school for my um, HND, I also I did more research then. So the moment I was able to see, I discovered data science and and I saw I could switch from statistics to data science. And I saw that data science was a part of AI. So I just figured out that was my path then. I, I did my data science. I think that was the first time I did a machine learning project. And it was in, um, I think, predicting the direction of the Nigerian exchange So that's where I was pretty started. That's where it kind of started for me then. That was 2017. And it has always, and had continued on that part ever since. So it's not like I cannot say okay, there was this time. I think my tech journey started like way back or I can see from twenty seventeen was when I went into data science um, fully. Oh great. Great. It looks like you've had a long journey in this space because I think from 2014-2015 that's very interesting. Wow. Tell us more about machine learning and how it works. Um I think when it comes to um, machine learning, I think Basically, I would say machine learning is um, getting your computer to do those tasks based on experience. So as a, if you're a developer, you, can, you tend to automate things, but when you do that, it's still like outcoded. So you're telling the computer A is equal to A, B is equal to B. The computer has to know that. But with machine learning, you've done, you're doing certain tasks based on, you've done that over the years, so you've gathered data. You have that experience so now you're teaching your computer like your machine this is what i've done over the years and i want you to learn how to do this same thing based on what i've done so if i know a one plus one is equal to two and over the end is ever the years i've had that data score that one plus one is equal to two i want the computer to be able to learn that whenever it sees one plus one it's it figures it's losing size too and if in my historical data i also have 0.5 is equals to um, plus 1.5 is equals to 2. So like the result is the final answer is 2, but there are different parts to get into 2. There are different numbers that you can add that would give you 2. So I can't, if you actually have coded, you say every time 1 plus 1 is equals to 2. That's what you've included in your program. But with machine learning, you know, program can now learn that there are different solutions to get you. There are different numbers you can add to get you 2. 
So in the future, if another kind of if for another number you have two different numbers coming in, the computer should be able to know that okay, whenever I see these numbers, it's going to be two. And I think another example would be um let's say we are trying to I have images of cats and dogs. So if I have if I have just ten pictures and I was asked to label it, it would be very easy for me to do. So I just it's just ten. I can say okay, this is the image of a cat, this is the image of a dog. But if I have up to hundred, it gets a bit more tedious. I'll spend more time. And imagine when I have a thousand or one million or ten million images that I have to do. So what I need to do machine learning, I can train a program like a model that would now that this is these are every image I have and have it labeled that is a cat and this is a dog. So in the future, when this is a new image, it can predict on its own that this is a pattern of dog. So that way, I've reduced the time that we spend doing that prediction. And over time, your your computer learns, your program will learn that which we call training. So that's like the overview of machine learning. And then we can now apply it to different um, different aspects. But that is basically how machine learning works. Sounds really interesting. Like getting the computer to think like human. Is that right? Yes, exactly. Does it require a math background? And how does one thing turn into it? Okay, um, so there's this thing about if it, has, if it requires a math background. And I think when you're starting out, you won't necessarily need a math background at that point. But when you start doing into deep learning even when people would say you don't necessarily need it but i think by the time you go into deep learning and we are trying to understand maybe build a neural network at that point you need to know a bit of linear algebra but it's not something that you cannot pick along the line but if you are starting out from the basics you don't need a math background maybe a bit of statistics maybe understand um, statistics to an extent maybe descriptive statistics um your as understand the kind of data that you have if it's a numerical data if you are working different type of numerical data if it's ordinal how to the kind of um, measures you can have on that so maybe you have ordinal data you have measures of and then you have measures of central tendency that statistics so you have your mean media so you need to understand if I'm having a recent value, how do I solve it? You can't use mean for um, let's say nominal data, let's say male and female, and then you have converted it to numerical. So you need to have that understanding. Okay, okay. I think that is clear. So are there some tools for machine learning? What are they? And you can take us through the types of machine learning. Okay, so for mm-hmm. tools, um, I foresee so I still know when starting out, you need to learn. So there are different um, programming languages. Mm-hmm. Programming languages. There are different ones. Yeah, we have on Python, we have R, we have Trivia. But you have to understand the market and what is like the most when you look at most job descriptions, what do you have most there? And most times you see Python for different for machine learning. And most times when you see Python the great actually the company where they intend to integrate the solution into an application. But you can also see R, but most times when you see R, they are more for this, it's more for research. So these are the two programming languages out there. So it's not left for you to decide what you want to learn, but I would always say pick up on Python. Then um, you need to learn how to work with databases. And databases are very stored where you have your data stored. So you need to learn SQL. So you can decide to pick. You can also look at the trend in the market, what is popular. I think Postgres SQL is actually very popular now. But one thing about SQL is the syntax. So while you learn how to query your DB, query your database, the syntax is quite similar. So at the end, you can just, if you are using another database, the syntax is different. 
you you will struggle so much. So you have to learn how to work with SQL. And, and then another thing, so I think having those programming languages and and if you and those tools, those are like the basics. So at the end, when you now decide to work for Python, there are now some libraries that you end up having to work with. So you start hearing about Python, NumPy, Pandas, um, there are different libraries like that, depending on what you want to do. So but pick pick a programming language first and pick um, um SQL, so SQL, learn how to work with that. So now when you now if you not go for that type of machine learning, that would now define the kind of libraries you would be working with. So we have um unsupervised and reinforcement learning. So um for machine learning, um for supervised learning, I gave an example earlier about the image of the cat and the dog and the label being able to predict whenever there's a new image coming in that this is a cat. So with supervised learning, you have the different attributes and then you have a label. So you will to use the word target as well, the target label. So you have a label telling you that all these attributes, this is the end goal. If there's a dog with, maybe the attributes of a dog, you have long ears, pointy claws or long um, hands and all that. So you have all that, and then you have a label that says, for all these attributes, this is a job. You have the same for a cat. So that's supervised learning because you have that label. So in the future, when a new, when new set of attributes come in, you'll be able to, your your program should be able to predict, and like, is this a dog or is this a cat? Another example, that's now, um, on this, supervised learning you have regression and classification so this example i just gave is classification because you are using um, a categorical variable as your label but another um, for regression you are dealing more with numbers your results is a value so let's say you still have the same let's say i have a supermarket and i'm selling different produce so i keep my records every day Let's say today I sell, on Monday I sell 10 bags of rice, 10 bags of beans, um, 6 to bags of yam, if I sell milk and sugar, and the money I made, the amount I made that day is let's say 20,000. The same for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I make different amounts. So that's results of what I've made, like the value I've made for each day. That results, which is the total of all the items I've sold, is um is a numerical value so that's regression so regression basically they are using it to predict the result you are getting is going to be a numerical value which can be continuous so when you look into different kind of um, numerical value you have district and continuous so continuous in the sense that you could have decimal values in it so that's regression so in the future if i want to predict how much i will make on monday i can all predict that if i sell five bags of rice and two bags of beans and maybe say seven two bags of yam how much will i make that result that i'll be getting that my machine learning model would produce is what um gives me a value and amount of money i'll make that is regression because it's a numerical value why for classification you are getting a categorical variable which can be yes or no can big or small up or down cat dog values like that so that's about supervised learning now for unsupervised learning, the only the difference is 
unlike the unlike supervised learning where I have a label, I have values that I'm predicting for. I know what each attribute, I know the results for and to each attribute, like for the different attributes of an animal, I have the value you're telling me that it's a cat. For unsupervised, there is no label there. So someone just gives me the different attribute and then I don't even know. I'm seeing short legs, long legs, um, big eyes, small hand and all that. I can't even say if it's a dog, if it's a cat or if it's a human. So in that kind of situation, you are leaving your computer to decide on its own. Like, look at these different attributes and then tell me what it is. Now, your computer can't give you exactly a result. It can't tell you if it's a cat or a dog. But what supervised learning will do for you is to look at it that, okay, it seems every, every, let me look at this data set. Every attribute, everyone that has short legs, let me put them in one group. The ones with long legs, I'm putting them in another group. The ones with wings, I'm putting them in another group. The ones with, let's say, big eyes, I'm putting them in another group. So it just looks for similarities among the different attributes that you have and just groups them. So it's left for you as the data scientist or machine learning scientist to look at it and like, okay, these things, these are quite very similar attributes. What kind of animal has this attribute? Since they, it has done the work of grouping it for you, and then you can add the labels. Now, the good thing about that is, if you imagine you have a billion rooms, even if there's no label there, you can't start checking it on your own, one by one, one by one, and saying, oh, I want to see, let me start checking long ears, long shots, and blah, 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 and then now give it a label. It's going to be tedious. But now supervised learning has done that categorization for you. It's just for you to explore and now do your analysis on it and see that, okay, it seems every animal with short legs, short ears, um, sh short tail, long tail, are cut, and then you can add that label to it. And with that, you can now move further into your supervised learning because now you've added a label so that in the future, when those attributes come in, can now your computer will be able to designate and say, okay, with this attribute I've seen, I can predict that this animal here is a cat or a dog. And the same applies to your regression, uh, to up to regression as well. So you can actually move supervised learning, you can move with unsupervised, you can move to supervised when you grouped and labeled it. For reinforcement learning, it's a bit like very advanced, but most times when you look at examples, it's like what now leads you into AI. Um, it's like the basis of programming for robotics. Like so, why we have the robotics, um, the what I call it the the physical part. So you have your machineries, the joints. Like you have the body moving. The software that would make that robot begin to work like a human being and and relate like a human being. Like gives you that physical movement it has to be programmed and re uh, reinforcement learning is the basis of that okay i think that was quite detailed and the examples made it very clear yeah so now we can move on to some opportunities in machine learning for anyone who would like to venture into this thing. okay um for opportunities there are a lot of opportunities it's just about you getting that skill so understand it's, it's like statistics i remember growing up when i was doing this because they would tell us then that if you study statistics you can work anywhere and i think that applies to machine learning basically because every we are in that era we're getting into that ai era where everything is now working with ai everything is integrated with ai it's no longer you're no longer having a mobile application where they just use it to let's say take pictures so you have your camera on your phone 
before your camera was just to take pictures now this ai infused in everything now like you're trying to take a picture but then ai is enhancing maybe the lightning is looking like oh you're in a dark place enhances the lightning or you know it just does a lot of things so you can work anywhere it's just about getting that skill and finding a niche you want to work in so if you want to work in healthcare if you want to work in the finance industry if you want to work in the gaming industry crypto like you can work anywhere there are a lot of opportunities even in oil and gas like there are opportunities everywhere so what i would advise for people is if you're already in an industry let's say in oil and gas you can actually pick up machine learning and apply machine learning to what you are doing or if you are new to the field to the industry maybe you don't for someone who just graduated from school you can also look at oh what did i study what was i taught in school and how i can how can i apply it to apply machine learning to it and if for some reason you find yourself maybe you just finished learning and you find yourself like okay i don't know exactly where i want to work yet i just want to improve on my skill you can work in different industry so what you just need at that point is the domain knowledge of that industry which you can learn on your own if you're working in a company with somebody who has been there for years that would teach you so at that point you would know how to apply to that industry so there are a lot of opportunities in machine learning and there are also some different aspects so when you break down machine learning further we have computer vision we have natural language processing which still fall under the supervised and supervised so if you want to go into computer vision you can do that if you want to go into natural language processing as your texture and text data you can do that as well so it just left for you to decide but i would always say get the basics and over time then you specialize in whatever aspect you want to specialize in all right that's some great advice so how should a professional portfolio for machine learning look like in order to get hired uh, okay so for machine learning portfolio you can work on different uh, while you're learning those tools, you have to go for a data and work with different data sets. So to have a, a proper machine learning portfolio, you have to show certain skills, such as your data analysis skill, your business um, understanding. So you need to, let's say there's a data set. So most times when you, you get, find a data set, they explain to you what the problem is. So you should be able to understand the problem statement and translate it into business goals. Because if you don't understand how to business goal you probably don't know what solution to prefer so that's company so you should show clear understanding of a clear understanding of business problems and how to relate them to whatever tasks you have to work on and then you should also show your skills in sql like you can work with databases because when you work in companies they're not working with CS. always going to give you csv files we pulling data from their databases so you have to show that as well you have to show like you can interpret your results for your analysis so before you go into the machine learning part you have to understand the data set you are working with so whatever analysis that you've done you should also show that i understand what i'm doing and the results so i tell people when you're doing you have you're working on a machine learning project make sure that even if it's in between your notebook make sure you're like putting an interpretation explaining what you've done so you say this person does doesn't know the technical it's not just about or important data set and running models like you have a clear understanding of what you are doing so you can highlight all that work build as many models as you can work with different kind of data set because you don't know where you you would end up getting a job so if it's financial data work with that if it's data in healthcare practice with that as well if you have interest in computer vision you can practice that as well if you want to work in natural language processing to so practice that as well so you can't limit yourself i would say like 
do this and that. But the things that you need to show to open yourself for opportunities is what um, I've highlighted earlier. All right, great, great. You mentioned earlier that for opportunities in machine learning, you just have to get the skill and apply it anywhere. Applying it in healthcare if you want or any other. How can machine learning be applied in other domains like the healthcare or in our daily lives? Let's break it down to that. Okay, um, so I would say based on my own experience, I've had the opportunity to work in healthcare and um, so the times I've applied machine learning, I've worked with um, a doctor to build a diagnosis system and then we're trying to solve a problem. So you have your doctor, you have just maybe one doctor or two doctors that sit and then everyone is waiting to see that doctor. So we're like, how can we cut um, the line and save time? So we looked at predicting um, malaria and diagnosing malaria. Does this person have malaria based on those symptoms that the doctor would typically ask you when you come to the hospital? So with that, we're able to predict if this person has malaria. So if it's a severe case, you can now say, okay, you go see the doctor. But if it's not a severe case, you can direct you to the nurse who can recommend medications and then you get to the pharmacy to pick up your drugs. So that's one example of applying all that um, application in healthcare that also I've experienced it with a mental health. So I worked with a startup where we have people with chronic conditions like asthma, um, depression, bipolar disorder. So yet we also got information like they were logging in the different ways they felt that day. And with that, we're able to predict like, okay, this is what's happening to you today. And they recommend activities that they can do to make them feel better. So that's an application, like we're solving the problem. In um, financial institutions, you have cases of fraud. You can actually detect fraud based on the kind of transactions coming in. So then you have to do it so they must have, a bank would have gathered information over the years, had fraudulent cases, and they've stored that information. These are the attributes of transactions or characters of transactions that are fraudulent. So that information has been kept over the years where in the future now they are able to build a model that will do that prediction. Sometimes even our phones, I mean that every day, your daily life, even your phone, you have your iPhone and then there's AI embedded in some of these things. Your, um, you want to unlock your phone. The face ID is actually machine learning. That's computer vision. It has been trained to detect your face. So if someone else comes and they try to use your phone to unlock your device, it won't work because it knows that this is not you. So that's an everyday application to machine learning, basically. Or even your camera, if you are in a place where the lightning is there, they are not very, you can actually adjust the lightning effect based on some settings that you can make. So there's kind of AI infused, that's AI infused in an everyday life. And there are a lot of things that are actually even going on around us now because AI is in everything that you, you may not even believe it. You just like, oh, this thing looks so nice, it's so fast. This AI actually most of those products right now. That's actually brilliant and smart. I'm thinking of other ways um, machine learning or AI is being used in our lives. And it looks like almost everything is has AI or machine yes. learning. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Wow. Now, can you share with us some resources that will be beneficial beginners in this space? Okay, um, for resources, I think information is everywhere now, like everywhere, YouTube, um, there are a lot of people sharing resources on social media now. So, but I think at the end, um, why there's information everywhere, you still need to be able to streamline it and just like 
bring everything together so you are not everywhere. So they, I think the first thing I would always I would suggest is finding a roadmap, a learning roadmap. So that would help you structure this resource and information you are getting everywhere to aid your learning. But the most popular ones right now, we have Pago. So you can use Pago to learn. You can check on YouTube for videos. You can go on social media, Twitter, and then look for some accounts who are like known in the industry. There are some people that share links to books that you can read, maybe journals as well. So those are kind of resources. And if you can afford it, which are not so expensive these days, you can actually pay for a learning service. Um, let's say like an example is Datacam. I think for the yearly subscription of data comes about $300. And most times you're always running a 70% or 60% um, discount. So at the end, you're paying about, let's say, 50% of that. Maybe say $150, which isn't so much for a yearly subscription. Platforms like that already have a roadmap. You've clearly defined it that, okay, you will start with Python. And then when you've learned Python, you go to spiritual data analysis before you go into then you go into supervised or supervised, so they have it structured. So if you can afford to get that as well, I would tell you can do that. That way it's structured. And if you go on YouTube, you actually see some very lengthy videos, 13, 15 hours, that gives you like an end-to-end machine learning. So these are all places and areas where you can get resources. Yeah, there's also um free code camp. All right, all right. Thank you so much. So find a roadmap that will help you structure your resources now you can give your yeah. final words to beginners and those who want to venture into this machine learning yeah um so my final word would be don't be in the hurry it's not something that you just start now because it's very easy to get overwhelmed especially when you see people on social media that are doing it for that you seem like they're expert at it nobody started in a year or even two years like it takes time you know i started by the time you speak to those people you realize they've been at it for four five six years so you don't just take your time. It's a learning process and the learning never ends. So yeah, you, you, there are always new technologies. There are people doing, doing research and there are new information coming out every day. So if you are trying to, I want to learn, finish learning this and learn that, you can learn everything. But the advice I always give is have the basics. Once you have that basic knowledge about it, you can build your model. You have this basic knowledge. Any extra thing you have to learn, you can build on that. So if there's a new tool now, do I need it for what I'm doing right now? Maybe for big data, do I need to work with PySpark? If it's necessary, I can easily pick that and learn. But don't overwhelm yourself with saying, oh, there's PySpark and then there's DBT, there's this, and you want to learn everything at once. Like, you will just get tired, you'll be exhausted. So make sure that you, you calm down, don't be in a hurry, take it step by step. Don't be in a hurry to learn and say, oh, I want to learn Python in two weeks or three weeks. Take your time. Know those tools very well. Because the, the everyone is going into it, so you have to make sure that you stand out. And the way you stand out is being very good at whatever it is that you are doing. So take your time. Don't be in a hurry. And make sure that you have mentors that you can always reach out to. You may not know them. You could, if it means you going on the internet, um, on social media, you see people, maybe LinkedIn, and you've seen people that are well-known in their industry. And you check their profile and you see that, oh, this person has been, has been working as a data scientist for three, four, five years. You can reach out to them and like, okay, can I always reach out to you whenever I have an issue? Some people may answer you, some people may not, like everyone is busy. But I feel if you are consistent, 
I feel if you are consistent or you are able to speak to, you keep reaching out to a lot of people, you will definitely find someone that is ready to um, answer you. So get your mentor, be active on social media so you are aware of the new things that you need to learn or have like a community of people that will also help you and accountability partners as well. You need to have accountability partners. So you can pick a friend that you guys are in the same industry and then talk to them, you know, explain like, oh, can we learn together so we can um, can see each other's progress. So these are the ways that I feel if you're starting out from machine learning to make things a lot more easier for you and don't get tired and just keep keep learning and you never stop learning. It's a constant learning journey. All right. Take your time and it's a learning process. Thank you so much, Emerald for joining us today and for educating us on machine learning. I'm sure anyone who listens to this who would love to venture into this space will really get to learn a lot. Thank you so much once again. You are very grateful. Thank you for having me. All right, so this brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I believe if you stay through till the end, you are one lucky person because there are lots of important information in this episode it was a great conversation with emerald and i'll entreat you to follow dev in vogue on all social media platforms and join our community so you don't miss out on endless opportunities and tech resources don't forget to tell a sister bye
Pilotless, today on Viva Tech, we have Emerald, the data scientist with specialty in machine learning and AI. Educate us on machine learning and what it's all about, how it applies in our daily life, and we have some brilliant discoveries. And we have some brilliant discoveries in this episode for you. My name is Sophia Tiwa Obeng, your host for Viva Tech. Hi listeners, today on Viva Tech, Emerald, the data scientist with specialty in machine learning and AI, educates us on what machine learning is all about, how it is applied in our daily life, and we have some brilliant discoveries in this episode. My name is Sophia Tiwa, your host for Viva Tech. Enjoy. <music> 